Welcome to Intentional Now Podcast. I'm Kristen Wambach, and I appreciate that you are here. I appreciate my listeners around the world, and I say, hello, how you doing? How's your week going? What does the weekend look like? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get going. And again, I very much appreciate that you are here. We are coming live from Corvallis, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest of the USA. I'm just up a little bit from California. Yeah. And fall is falling. Um, The leaves are changing colors, and the early ones are beginning to release themselves and kind of make a mess on the lawn, but it's quite beautiful. I have my pumpkins out, my harvest theme. Um, My wreaths um, are out on the door. It's a lovely time of the year with, I love the change of the seasons, don't you? So I just encourage you to um, get your headphones on and let's have some really important time together where both you and, and I increase ourselves by listening to a conversation that not only challenges us, but gives us clues, um, teaches us, humbles us in many ways, shows on authenticity and transparency and um, I like to live there (laughs) I imagine you do too yes so last week we um, had a lovely visit at halfway and there was quite a bit of stir um, within the halfway mark we discussed um, I shared with you some of the challenge that I faced um, with leadership and how did I process that? How did I find healing for myself? And then the big challenge was how do I communicate that to you? How do I write about it in an honoring way? Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I did. And I asked you the question, what does halfway mean to you? Are we halfway completed? Or is it a project that's just halfway and it kind of loses its focus? If you didn't have an opportunity to listen to halfway, I just encourage you to um, download that and add it to your repertoire while you're doing your busy work around the house or driving to one of your activities for the weekend, you will be blessed, right? Okay, let's get started. And you know, while I'm talking and discussing with you today, just go ahead and frame up and focus your questions. <laughs> A little early. It's amazing how I hear them, but 
I know Holy Spirit is faithful and we're having a conversation and we really want to hear back and forth. I appreciate your comments and yay, I appreciate it when you follow the podcast. And I'm going to invite you to share this with other people because, you know, I know that you are faithfully listening and we need to build community. We need to share and discuss and talk about the things that are stretching us, the things we find agreement in, or even the question of, I don't know, Jesus, what do you think about that? And we need to be social in our media time, right? (laughs) And share it with people and come into community with people. Amen. I know that you agree with me. So I encourage you to share the podcast and we're going to get started. Okay. (laughs) It seems like when I think about um, listening to my podcast, which I do immediately after I publish it, And sometimes I listen to them several times because I feel like you, (laughs) Um, as a listener, I'm getting stretched and I'm remembering, I can see that, I'm remembering the important things that transpired during that season. And it brings such a heart of gratefulness and it helps me to evaluate where I am today. Do you do that? Do you constantly evaluate where you are today? I do it in the light of the path and the strategy that I have with heaven, with the Lord, and where I'm going and where I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's going to be good to listen to again. <laughs> okay. So my subtitle. So we are talking about the gateway of three infinite changes. Mm-hmm. This is chapter 10 in the unfinished book. If you haven't had an opportunity to pick it up, thank you to those who have. You can find it on all of the re- the regular um, venues, Amazon, Kindle, Barnes and Noble. Um, it's there for you so that you can follow along with me and we can have this discussion and you have the text in front of you and we just get to know each other in a deeper way, which is really awesome, right? So the gateway of three infinite changes. So first and foremost, this is another gateway. And there are going to be changes. And this particular chapter, I probably, I imagine I will break it up into three episodes because there is so much to chew on. And then, of course, I want to set it up because in chapter 11, um, which is really exciting, let me let me hop over here when I get the, yeah. Chapter 11 is angels on a first name basis. So <laughs> I know you're going to want to hang around for that one, but we need to focus on the gateways, the doorways and the accesses that are open to us. Or maybe my voice opens them to you. 
Think about that. So let's just take a moment and let's just set this up. I want you to breathe in and breathe out. Take that big, deep breath and go, hmm. And I want you to connect with the Lord. Right now, if you are driving the car, just imagine him. He's sitting in the po- in the passenger seat next to you. Um, maybe you're sitting out in your backyard. It's still warm. The weather hasn't changed for the season. And you're enjoying um, a cup of coffee. I just invite you to invite him so that you can hear his heartbeat and you can watch his body language and his inflections and just feel connected. Because remember, heaven is alive. Okay. So let's open that gateway. Let's step in and together will allow those infinite changes to change us. Amen? So one of my favorite quotes by Bob Marley, you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. I'm currently in that season. What about you? Can I share that quote again? You never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. It's a powerful choice. And we are strong. Okay. There are those pinnacle times in our walk with the Lord that leave you thinking, and leave you forever changed. (laughs) The veil is formally opened in my heart. That's where I am in my life and in my description, in my writing here. The veil, it's just open. There's no more argument. There's no more question. It's, It's just open. And that is where I spend my time is in heaven with the Lord. No more going back to the old. My path is completely made new. I see things differently and my whole outlook on life, the ministry, reading the Bible, and God, they have turned earth side pointing up. I'm on such a learning curve that I will forever be a student of heaven, a teacher of encountering And a daughter, I love being loved by my father. Eternity has become touchable and death is totally a distraction that has no part in me. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Death is a distraction and has no part in me. Revelations 3.20 Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And that's what we're doing today. We are having a meal, a communion with the Lord. This door, I all 
open it almost every day and invite Jesus to a place where we call the garden of our heart, the gateway of first love. Our story makes it clear. I've opened the door before I ever encountered having a meal with him. Jesus never vacates the kingdom of heaven within us. Never. He's always there. But nonetheless, I opened it, and he comes with a fresh communion every day. Um, it feels like a living place on the inside of you. If you were to have a look-see, hmm, you would discover a place of comfort and intimacy and a place to plant encounters. Revelations experience that when watered, they will grow and produce and manifest fruit. A garden is a natural description. I just direct you to go read again um, in the Bible, the passage on the seed and the sower. That whole passage takes place inside you, in the kingdom of heaven, in you, in the garden of your heart. And Jesus, in that passage, said some things needed to be moved around. And some soils, they need to be changed. I was enjoying a season of cultivating a kingdom that I was no longer in denial of or hiding in its glory. I'd come out of the spiritual closet. <laughs> My wrestle was finished. No longer was I wrestling with being a spiritual, super spiritual mystic. I no longer was wrestling with that. I fully and heartedly believed Jesus had taken me to the other side of the veil, into the kingdom of heaven. And that's where my total focus is. I shared my encounters freely. Church, though significantly smaller, was walking through a season of repentance and change. What I'm talking about is my church, my, my ecclesia, my group. And they're not mine, but it's easier to refer to them as my. They're the group of people that we walked through the unfinished book together. We all walked through the veil and discovered it together. So my ecclesia, my church body, the people that I commune with, we had a tremendous mess to clean up, a spiritual mess. Areas we had partnered with man's design that had not nothing to do with the kingdom. Leadership, finances, coverings that didn't look anything like what we were now experiencing in heaven. Yes, I remember that cleanup season. We had to spend time asking the Lord what was truth and what wasn't truth. And then we had to ask for forgiveness for the things that we had picked up and added because they were doctrines of men and they had nothing to do with the kingdom of heaven. In my personal spiritual garden, <laughs> I'd sit with the Father in front of 
The Steps of a Grand Brick Home. Two stories, white shutters, right out of my love for all things Jane Austen. (laughs) Can you imagine it? Super easy for me to imagine it. It was my gateway of first love, where the temple door from Ezekiel's vision exists. That's the same place. When Ezekiel's vision, when he talks about the temple door and they opened it, remember that um, it started, the river started to flow and it was ankle deep, thigh deep. And then I think it was neck deep. This is what we're talking about. This is we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, that door in us. So the river of life flows through us. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am the gate and my head is lifted up. Your garden and dwellings are kindred to your likes and dislikes. God and I, Father, we'd talk and Jesus would show me other places in heavenly realms and I'd bring the encounter back to talk with Father and then I'd plant it in my garden. This kingdom within me was growing and building my confidence in the spirit and my spirit or mind of my heart was expanding and being built up in my most holy faith. I tend to outwork or learn to understand spiritual things with my hands here in the natural. I am a kinetic learner. And my backyard garden changed as well. I'd arrange my landscaping to be similar to the things I was experiencing and seeing. Heaven has an array of tutors. His throne, sea of glass, seven spirits, the sapphire under his throne, the throne of grace, the courts and councils. Gardening and what we understand of gardening, it helps me to sit in his presence and ponder the things that were mystical. I was learning to call him Abba. Indeed, a child learning and loving, being disciplined, heavenly hands on. I was entering and coming close to a God as an adoring parent. I, it was so new and it was so wonderful. I was dealing with inadequacies that we might recognize as father issues or an imposter syndrome. And in my yard or my home, if I could prophetically create it, my hands were busy and I'd do it. I love designing heavenly living in reminders, creating a living David's tent around my home. I was sitting with the father one day, talking as we do, and I realized that I had never stepped inside that lovely brick house as we sat on the front steps. No, I'd always just sat on the front steps and I'd never gone up and gone through the doors. (laughs) Why would you when you're talking to God? But I'd never done that. Hmm. I'd been shown many rooms and mansions elsewhere in his kingdom. But despite my very discovering personality, I'd never looked on the other side of this particular set of white double doors. Father knowingly watched my Aha moment. 
<laughs> I stood to my spiritual feet and I put my hand on the gold lever handle of the door. I turned the knob and whoosh! And that's not a big enough sound. Like Ezekiel's vision, the temple door opening and the river of life is held back no more. I was immediately underwater and my garden was totally submerged. And in the spirit, you know, you do not need to have diving equipment to breathe. And I encourage you, if you've never gone underwater in the spirit, just please do. It's really phenomenal and wonderful. So everything I had planted in the garden of my heart, the blueberries in the urns, the trees, the treasured gazillion spiritual memories in this garden, they were all underwater. And by the way, where was God in all this? <laughs> and how am I supposed to sit with God on the steps now if it's all flooded and submerged? Um, yeah, weirdness to say the least happens in the spirit. It's weird and many times just doesn't make sense. Well, what does one do if we're under the water? Yup, you got it. We come up for air. <laughs> Again, <laughs> my head is bobbing on the ocean of who knows where. <laughs> Insane how these crazy encounters take you a few days to process. I mean, you don't get it. You you just hang there with the Lord and you process it. And now my most favorite place in the world, in everything that I've ever experienced, is totally flooded. Now, how do you go back there? And again, where's God? Uh, I mean, my heart was like, um, I don't know what to do and I don't know where to go. <laughs> so, now, where am I supposed to meet with God, right? The morning would come, my usual quiet time, and I'd look from the outside in at my former garden of first love. And it was still quite and very much underwater. Huh, yikes! So what does one do? Tread water? <laughs> Think about it. What do I do? I got pretty good at treading water in the spirit. My understanding was still quite confused, and I was grieving the flooding of a very intimate place. Here I am bobbing around like a seal in the middle of the ocean. And by the way, this experience didn't hinder my ability to visit other kingdom territories, God's Garden, Wisdom Heights, and so many internal places, but not the gateway of my first love. It was underwater. Then, one encounter day, I was treading water, and who do you think comes walking on the water towards me? <laughs> yep, Jesus. Sometimes you just have to laugh at it. The similarities of Jesus acting like um, Jesus in the Bible. He is the living type and shadow. Are you laughing now? <laughs> he offered me his hand. And he pulled me up out of the water. And now I'm standing on the water with him in the middle of what seems like an ocean. 
I can barely see the shores on the horizon. Well, what's a good question to ask Jesus now? (laughs) I asked Jesus about my destiny scroll. Seems a bit pertinent after flooding your spiritual near and dear treasures. You know, like, um, now what? And where are we going from here? I'd say asking, can you remind me again where I'm going? Well, Jesus reached into the invisible sky around us. You know, he just reached into the atmosphere and the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he pulled a glass screen down. Or like this, I call it, it's like this supernatural whiteboard, right? He just reaches in, he pulls it down, right? As if he had been hidden in the secret envelope all this time and set a window on the scene. Mind you, we are still standing on the ocean. But there it is, my own private oceanside view spiritual whiteboard. (laughs) He had my undivided attention again. Yes, you heard me, undivided attention again. (laughs) Where are you going to go when you're standing on the ocean, right? Then he, Jesus, reached over, putting his hand inside my heart. He reached inside my heart, just like he reached into the atmosphere and pulled down the white board. He reached in my heart and he pulled out my scroll. (laughs) So similar to an architect spreading the blueprint open to view the plans. He proceeded to pin my scroll to the whiteboard screen. Joining in, we uncoiled and we spread and we rolled up out the parchment. Jesus cueing me by grabbing my hand. Why don't you hold it here on the opposite side? Brilliantly, it stuck like paste with, um, I don't know what, and it adhered to the transparent whiteboard in the middle of the sea and my garden flooded. I'm just reminding you of that. Ah, it seemed like now we were getting somewhere and I would get some answers. Not. (laughs) Jesus peeled off his white linen robe, kicked off his sandals, and then he proceeded to dive into the sea. I'm left with my scroll attached to a mysterious glass wall and his shoes and clothes piled in a heap on the ocean. And he swam out of sight. So I adapted to the absurd situation since no one was watching. And I stirred up a magnificent idea. Behaving like the inquisitive little kid was nothing with nothing else to do. What do you think I did? (laughs) I played dress up and tried on his clothes. (laughs) A meditative type and shadow were going here. (laughs) Yeah, wrapping myself into the glory of his coverings, the fabric full of weight and light. I basked in royal robes of righteousness. The arms of the garments are too big for me. His rustic sandals oversized for my small feet. Now what? Well, I tied the belt around my waist. My spirit was still crying out, S-O-S, help. 
And where does the scripture come in now? My help comes from the Lord. And he just swam to God knows where. So I sat down in his clothes. Again, I'm waiting, thinking Jesus will come back, at least for his clothes, right? Well, his clothes are lovely. Robe is white and creamy and gold-threaded belt, and the fabric is thick, but it's sheer. It's full of light of a million candles, though homey and comfy like like flannel. It was weighted, it was like, it was like weighted liquid. Oh my gosh, I know. Where earthly designers got the design for Birkenstock sandals, arg. I just had to say that because of my dear friend, Julie. If you ever catch me in Birkenstocks, please put me out of my misery. (laughs) A severe fashion faux pas. So, okay. For all of you that love Birkenstocks, you'll just have to forgive me. They're just not my style. Okay. So, here we go. I'm sitting on a spiritual ocean, right? In Jesus's clothes. That took me a couple um, mental days to process. Mm-hmm. Phew. This is a suitable place to say Salah. Now, if you have my book, you've noticed that at this point in time, I start writing down how many words I have written in the man- manuscript. So I'm going to add that here. 38,573 words. And we're continuing. Since yesterday's writing, I have been pondering what I remember in my journal entry about seeing my scroll. I know that there was something particular he wrote on it. Encounters in the spirit remain alive and we can re-encounter them again and again as the Spirit leads, for our training. I've had my iPad for four years up to now. And before that, my journal entries were pens, the old-fashioned way, with pen and paper. I searched for the original post to jog my memory about this particular writing and this particular passage. And I'm struggling to remember the time frame of the initial encounter. Also, my handwritten journals are packed in boxes with other church office supplies in storage. I'm going to take a rabbit trail, okay? (laughs) Remember I told you what a rabbit trail was? (laughs) A rabbit trail is a rabbi trail, meaning I'm walking behind Jesus as my rabbi. He told me to take out one of the T's. So it was Rabbi Trail. Okay, there we go. You can read more about it. You can find it on my website, that post. So my Rabbit Trail. I suppose I should have another side note here. I mentioned it much earlier, but I didn't unpack any of the backstory at all. The timing of the writing of this the unfinished book while I was writing the manuscript is with fear and trembling, misunderstanding, celebrations, and the faithfulness of my community of believers. Sadly, 
relationships have dwindled while embracing the mystery we found on the other side of the veil. I'm going to talk about that for a minute. So that is a very difficult place when you are experiencing the spiritual realm and the people that you have walked with, you've loved, and you've enjoyed, say, the prophetic atmosphere, but that's as far as they want to go. And you have to love them and say, I'm continuing on. Mm -hmm. So that happened in our church body, too, is that um, God had taken us as a corporate group and we walked through the veil, opened the windows and decided and agreed amongst us that this is where he wanted us to be in heaven on the other side of the veil. But during that season, we offered several, three times, I think it was, releases for people so that they could be released from being in community with us. We did that three times um, before anyone ever asked us, before anyone ever had uncomfortable feelings. And that was the right thing to do. So now here we are, our numbers are lean of our church family. And with that decrease, that changed our financial budget, which included salaries. We are now walking on a cellular level, shaking the core of what we believe, having accepted heaven and submitted to truth, challenging every mindset, right? And after months of standing firmly in what we heard, saw, and encountered, with mixed emotions, we moved out of our downtown church location. We put everything in storage, and it was an excruciating season that I do not understand. With my backstory in hand, it adds a little more to the trials of having more time to write. In every shape of the matter, he has been my undivided attention. I brushed up my resume and I began sending it out into the mass of e-communication with a no-face pedigree. Don't care for that at all. For over 10 years, my hat was that of a pastor, a visionary, with and without income, an interesting, oh, side note here, that is my King Charles Spaniel um, snoring. <laughs> if you hear it in the background, she's snoring. <laughs> okay, interesting how employers view that experience. Our church family continues to meet at a home church environment. I wish I understood more answers about all that. As much as the ache of giving your all, part of me wanted to say, I'm finished. Been there, done that, was obedient. I still see the mandate of re-educating the educated. Even the name of the vision blueprint came with a price. The words are very much still alive. It's uncomfortable to, it's uncomfortable to pen what feels like non-success. 
a very vulnerable place to share without a measure of relationship established with you. What responsibility does the reader have to such personal information? What responsibility does the listener have to such vulnerable information? I'll let you ponder that. And that is where I'm going to park it here with sharing from the text of the unfinished book. Um, But we're not parked yet. (laughs) That was very painful season. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we don't always understand everything. But understanding sometimes comes while walking their journey out. So there are some other things that I would like to share with you um, that I discovered this week during a conference. Um, And if you were to look at the back of my book, it's interesting. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, I've had the, the pattern for years (laughs) and there it is so I'm going to break it in kind of three quadrants because it's easier for me to understand and it's easier for me to share it with you um but we find ourselves if I, I look at it in in three areas of growth is that Jesus comes And he lives on us, on the inside of us, and it's the kingdom of heaven within us, right? He's always there. He he never leaves us there. It just, at some point in our life, we actually make a physical choice to open the door and invite him in, um, into us, um, to live in us. cognitively i mean he's always there the kingdom of heaven is within us it can't be separated from us whether we deny christ or even deny god we we can't outrun god he made us in his image and we can't separate that image from ourselves so you have the the kingdom of heaven that is in you it's jesus on the inside of you And when, so that's like the place when I said, when I was eight, I asked him to come into my heart. And then when I was 20, I allowed him to heal my heart, right? And when I was 30, I asked him to introduce me to Holy Spirit. And then when I was 40, I allowed Holy Spirit to change me. And that's when the door became different. (laughs) So the kingdom of heaven is within you and Jesus lives in you. But there isn't a a time where that relationship, there begins a transformation. (laughs) And that transformation, we start to change in our relationship and it's active 
It's loving. It's challenging. Um, it's faithful. It's um, it's amazing. Now I remember because I have walked this journey, but there was a point in time where I wasn't paying attention to the Lord in my early adulthood. Um, I wasn't asking for his advice. (laughs) Um, I wasn't seeking him, but he was in there nonetheless. So, but when my late twenties, early thirties, when Holy Spirit was drawing me, or you could say I was listening, (laughs) because life wasn't too great. (laughs) Um, That's when I was aware that Jesus was in me. And that's when that decision and that discussion and that relationship began to transform who I am, right? Well, a second, um, how do I set these up? A second area is, 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 is like that door that remember I, I talked about here in Revelations 3 20. I hear I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door. So the door or the access changes. So I've gone through a, a portion of transformation with Jesus in the kingdom of heaven inside of me. And then I have this confidence. And at some point I discover, I go, well, if Jesus comes in in the door, I've answered his knock. The door goes both ways. <laughs> right? So I'm able to open the door. Right? And at this point in time, The door is fixed. It's not just an internal door that swings one way. It swings the other way. And that's where I began to step through the veil or step through the door. And then just starting to discover heaven, discover going through the veil, going up the river of life into his kingdom. No longer am I just... Um, enjoying the kingdom of heaven within me. Now he's invited me and I've answered and responded and I'm going through that door into his kingdom. So then I'm going to put a, the third, um, I, I've got to figure out some kind of name to call them. How about pillars? So if we have the pillar one, which be the inside, the kingdom of heaven within you, then we'd have pillar two, which would be, we've discovered that not only does the door, um, the door um, open on the inside, the door opens out and we start walking out. Well, the third pillar in my life would be that now that I have, Again, my dog is just snoring up a storm here. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So now that um, this third pillar where the doors open, I've gone in and out and in and out many times into heaven. Then it, at this point in time, now the door becomes revolving. <laughs> you have... It doesn't just swing on the inside, kingdom of heaven in you. 
It doesn't swing just inside and outside, meaning stepping through the veil into the kingdom of heaven outside of you. Now it becomes a revolving door and you change like the hinges and the mechanics of the door. And all of a sudden that's where heaven begins to come to earth and you go in and out and then other people are also included in this relationship with you and it becomes a revolving door. And this is where God talks about lift up your head, O ye gates, O ye everlasting door, and the Lord of glory will come in. That's what he's talking about there. (coughs) Excuse me. Hmm. Wow. So we have those three pillars. And I'm going to ask you, you could be in any one of those um, pillars um, where the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that's what you know. And that's wonderful. And then you could be traveling and stepping through in the kingdom of heaven that is without you. And then you may have developed it and um, gotten those, that upgrade and become a revolving door to where heaven and others in your community and the people that you have influence with are also uh, experiencing those benefits. That is a lot for us to think about, isn't it? <laughs> so what's interesting, so I'm going to finish what I wrote on the back of my book. So Um, When I was eight, I asked him to come into my heart. When I was 29, I allowed him to heal my heart. When I was 30, I asked him to introduce me to Holy Spirit. So there's been transformation from the inside. When I was 40, I allowed Holy Spirit to change me. When I was 48, I agreed with him with what he said about me, right? When I was 49, he opened my spiritual eyes to his kingdom. I'm now 58, and I feel like I'm only beginning. I'm currently 62, and I still feel like I'm only beginning. But I definitely have my feet underneath me, and I feel confident. So I want to share with you, Another particular quote that really encourages me, and I want to lay it out there as a question. So in the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity. That was shared with us by Albert Einstein. In the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity. So I've shared with you, we are now in chapter 10, my journey, my memoirs of walking from the kingdom of heaven inside me through the door, the king's kingdom of heaven outside of me, and then now um, the revolving door of heaven to earth, right? So every one of those, I ran into a difficulty whether it was mindsets in myself, whether it was mindsets in the community around me, whether it was mindsets within the church um, that I was in relationship with. But in every one of those difficulties, there is opportunity. And we have to look for that opportunity. 
right? We have to look for the opportunity. We have to ask the Lord really good questions about the opportunity at hand. All right? I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to leave it in a place of question. Because this is a workshop style podcast, right? We are growing. We're going in and out that revolving door, right? Okay. So I'm also going to invite you, if I have shared some things with you along my journey and in this podcast that you really would like to come into a greater place of relationship with me, I just encourage you to find me at kristenwomback.com and um, and then ask, ask the Lord. You always have to ask the Lord, but um, I coach people. I teach people um, on how to do this. And, and now that we're at that revolving door, well, how does this apply to my life? How does this journey of heaven and seeing and perceiving in the spirit, how does that change my life. And sometimes when we learn to ask for help and we go and we find help to do those things, we just get there so much faster. And it's good to be in relationship and community with people. So I invite you there. I've been coaching people for years Years and years and years and mentoring people all around the world. And it is an honor that I have. And so if the Lord just highlights that to you, I just encourage you to follow through and connect with me. And then we'll go from there. All righty. This has been wonderful. Okay, I'm going to wait. Somebody, I heard it. It's kind of like, I have a question. Don't go yet. I have a question. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Um, Let me, uh, I have to form the question. So the question that I heard was, Kristen, I see, and I'm traveling, and I'm stepping through the veil, but um, my husband doesn't, or... um, I can't talk to my husband about it. Um, Those are just very um, brave and very transparent questions. I do hear you. My first counsel is just be authentic. Be authentic with when your life is transparent and authentic and people can see your relationship with the Lord then when you have opportunities to share with them and to talk with them and they can believe you because of your authenticity. And when I share with my husband, now this has been over a period of time and he's obviously walked with me in our marriage through this particular journey. When I talk to him, I talk to him as I'm, as if I'm sharing. I'm sharing things that have happened, my encounters. I may share how that changed my heart and how I feel like I'm applying those changes to my lifestyle and to my everyday 
um, coming and going. And when I share like that, I'm sharing from that authentic place, meaning I'm applying these things that I am learning to my lifestyle. And they see the evidence of it. That is the best way to share with somebody. And then I have always done that. Jace, FaceTime video. FaceTime video. Okay. Now, hopefully I left that so I can go back and edit it out. Right? <laughs> So my family called, they are um, in the woods in Eastern Oregon, and they are hunting currently. So that was a phone call that I wanted to answer. So I'm going to have to try to edit that out so it doesn't disturb us. Um, yep. What was I talking about? I was trying to remember what I was talking about. Uh, your question. And you're sharing, right? You're sharing um, to your husband. So when we share, then it comes from a place from our heart. And the type of lifestyle that we're living in authenticity is the biggest language that you could use to authenticate um your relationship with the Lord. And I would, that's worked for me. I just keep it there. My husband, and he has um, encountered things. He's encountered the, the spiritual realm and the angels and stuff, but we are at different places, right? So that is my suggestion to you. So to share. Alrighty. So let me see. Hmm. I do apologize. I got a little bit distracted, but it was important. It was important to talk to your family, right? Um, I love them so much. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I needed to share with you. Um, again, I very much value um, you listening. This has been good. I'm looking forward to going back almost an hour. Wow. I'm looking forward to going back and listening to it. Um, again, I appreciate your comments and your questions. They really help, help me to figure out what I'm going to talk about and what I'm going to bring to the forefront of our conversation. And, uh, that is really good. Um, you have a great rest of your day. And always, I invite you, go ask Jesus about everything I talked about. Go ask Jesus. And there's another good question. If you feel like you're stuck in your relationship with Jesus, that would be another reason that you could connect with me because I can help you with that. <laughs> I can help unstuck you um, in that area. And that's really good. Well, I love you lots. I appreciate you tuning in.
And I look forward to next week. Yep. Uh, Three Infinite Changes, um, part number two, right? It'll be good. Um, I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much for listening. I bless you.